It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> Can we just talk about penguins for a second? He's too stupid to be Batman. Part man, part penguin. All horrifying. <laughs> too much garlic. There never is enough garlic is the answer to that question. End of conversation. I think in, we learned this in the Mean Girls episode, the limit does not exist. (laughs) We've come into a good supply of really nice garlic recently, pals. There's, There's a corner shop nearby that has really hefty garlic. I'm talking big boys with hench, <laughs> luscious, juicy cloves. This is how I learned what the word hench means. Not in common North American parlance. <laughs> Which is news to me. These are hench garlics. Yeah. And this means that we can put garlic in anything we cook. And oh boy, have we been. Does a recipe call for one clove of garlic? Well, we started out being like, let's double that. And then we were like, Let's triple that. And now, at week whatever of quarantine, <laughs> I put seven cloves of garlic <laughs> in our pasta today. <laughs> and I actually quite enjoyed the garlicky taste. Yeah. Because it was otherwise just tomato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing a great job warding off vampires. We're definitely keeping the Draculas at bay. <laughs> Because otherwise we'd have Draculas just swimming into these... It's all over these this place. All of the Draculas. You need to sweep them out onto the porch, kick yeah. them down the road. Yeah. it's it's. I think even on days that we're not cooking garlic, there's just garlic going through our veins. Like, we're sweating garlic. Yeah. If a Dracula was walking through Edinburgh, like, a mile away, they could smell us and just die on the spot. Because before this, every once in a while, you'd walk into the living room and there'd be a Dracula just skittering up the wall and out the window. Oh, like, fucking hell. <laughs> like, we need to install some mesh on these windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now, you just, you hardly ever see them. Yeah, thank you to the corner store. Yeah. Uh, we're not sponsored by the corner store. But I would like to do a big shout out to the corner store. Yep. You have garlic. You have self-raising flour. Mm-hmm. You've got large packs of bacon. You've got snacks and some alcohols. Yep. And everyone there is positive and, and, and wears masks and gloves. Yep. And But most of all the garlic. Most of all the garlic. Damn. That's the, no one tells you that the main threat of quarantine is all the loose Draculas on the streets. <laughs> no. They're just out now in the daylight. Just patrolling around. How do they do that? They've I've gone... always heard that Draculas... Although I'm sure that they actually are fine in sunlight, but it's just they're scared of the sunlight because it reminds them of death. But that... really, Draculas are invincible. When they're out in the sunlight, that's how you know that they've gone rabid. Yeah. Because they've not, they're not, they're like all the rats who are now breaking into houses because all the restaurants are closed. Yeah, and it's like feral, rabid Draculas just <laughs> <laughs> cr- 
crawling amongst the bins at the end of the road. Yeah, like, it's a crazy wild look in their eye. All of them have a big cape, and the capes are getting muddy and frayed at the edges because they're just not looking after themselves because there isn't anyone around for them to seduce, so they're kind of letting themselves go. I was jogging through the park the other day, and it was in the morning, and I always jog by these bushes, and I think there's a Dracula living in that hedgerow, mm-hmm. and uh, there's, there's this little old lady who's walking out in front of me, and oh my god, the Dracula came out to, like, get her, yeah. and, like, had dra- grabbed her leg and was dragging her into the hedge, and I was like, ah, oh, I need to break, break social distancing, I need to do a, I need to do a lifesaver here. So I just walked straight up to the Dracula, and it just dissolved. Because yeah. I just had consumed so much garlic, I'd just become really powerful. It just yeah. dissolved. Yeah. And the old lady said, thank you for saving me from the Dracula. And I said, thanks, but you need to be two meters away from me. We're really the heroes that Edinburgh needs right now. Yeah. And that's why you should always double, triple, quadruple the amount of garlic in your recipes. Get a garlic press. If you don't have one, it makes it a lot easier to consume the garlic. Yeah. And a lot of recipes are giving you an inadequate amount of garlic to banish Draculas. One clove of garlic a day? That's hardly a, a, you know, decent supplement. Unless you're tricking the Dracula into eating the clove. It's not doing you any good. No, it's ornamental, really. Yeah. You think it's going to help, but it's not. Uh Uh-huh. So how many micrograms of garlic do you eat a day, Shannon? That's an excellent question, and <laughs> I think it can't be quantified by something as simple as a number. No. I, right, because you feel it in your soul. I always find when I'm eating garlic that I know when I've had enough. Like, it just mm-hmm. locks into place in my soul. Mm-hmm. Like, I am now a Dracula hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough. And you can just go right outside and just swipe your hand away and they'll all just vanish, crawling up the eaves yeah. to get out get out and over the roofs. Yeah, you can hear them scampering away and you're like, yeah, yeah get out. Yeah. Get out. I, you know, usually, usually I like pests. I quite like raccoons. I think they're cute. But mm-hmm. with Draculas, they're actually quite dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to be really careful. A lot of them, you know, they look friendly. They look quite cute, but they're yeah. actually just going to suck your blood. Yeah. Is what I've heard that Draculas do. Oh, I've heard that too, and some people say it's an urban myth, but I don't want to test that. No. I don't want to get bitten by a rabid Dracula and have to find that out in the emergency room. I know, I, it's, the hospitals, like, are not equipped right now for dealing with Draculas. Yeah. I would just be creating, like, hassle for them. Yeah. You gotta keep yourself safe in these times. Yeah, so when you're going out to the bins, make sure you've eaten your garlic enough to ward off a vampire, and you've brought your wooden stake, and you can make that out of a broom handle, so don't pretend that you can't be equipped with the proper safety equipment when you're going out to the bins. When you're cooking, keep the windows open, and then the garlic smell will waft from your house onto the street, um, and protect all your neighbours too from the Draculas. And I know what you're thinking, you're thinking... What if I'm cooking something that doesn't need garlic? And then I think what you really need to ask yourself is, is there anything that doesn't need garlic? Yeah, truly? Use, use your imagination. Truly, garlic is a state of mind. Have we gone, a, like, seriously, have we gone a day in the last, like, 50 days 
without, without eating garlic. No. No, I don't think we have. <laughs> and in the last 50 days, have either of us been bitten by a Dracula? No. I think, I think we know what's what. Yeah. We rest our case. Uh, hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Castle Blast, a podcast where we review <laughs> movies. <laughs> but also dish out some really good advice <laughs> about staying safe in these unprecedented times. <laughs> um, we watched a <laughs> we watched two movies. <laughs> I'm not gonna edit any of this out, you know. <laughs> People just know that we've just gone crazy. Yeah. But safe. But safe. Safely. Why have we gone crazy? It's because we watched two, two, two of Shannon's favourite all-time favourite movies that she loves and Hell cherishes. Yeah. Close to my heart, we watched Tim Burton's Batman and we watched Batman Returns. And I know that you like Batman and I understand this, but Batman Returns has troubled me. You don't say. It's troubled me in some ways. You've and been super subtle about it. Yeah. Yeah. I've not felt this bothered since probably the never-ending story. You were having a journey as we watched it. God, I, I felt like it was age 60 years. <laughs> And then got transported to the wrong continent. It's got like fucking launched to Antarctica, even though I'm an Arctic ecologist. <laughs> and not in a fun way, like with Happy Feet. Actually, that's not even a good movie about penguins. Can we just talk about penguins for a second before talking about yes. Batman? Yes. Just about the animal and movies. Yes, absolutely. We've tried really hard to do some good penguin movies. But no penguin movie has been very good yet. What? Happy Feet, not a very good penguin movie. Mm. The Madagascar penguins had their own movie, not very good. Mm. Even the Madagascar penguins in Madagascar are fine. Mm -hmm. Surf's Up. Haven't seen Surf's It's up. a movie where penguins go surfing. Not a good penguin movie. Mm. It's like, and all these movies are like, penguins, but what if they had one skill? Like dancing, or surfing, or military operations. What about the penguin whose one skill is murder? And I'm talking the penguin from Wallace and Gromit. That's a good penguin. I, I guess you could class that as a penguin movie. It's just the one penguin, but it, that is a very good penguin. It's an excellent penguin. So it can be done. Yeah. There is also the Canadian children's show Pengu to those who are familiar. Um, hold on, wait, let's what? Let's what? Uh, hang on, rewind, 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 <laughs> rewind. You're saying Pengu is Canadian? I watched it as a child in Canada. I don't know where it was made. Not in Canada. I don't even know. It's like Finnish or something. Pengu. Everyone knows Pengu. The Canadian children's show, Pingu. Pingu, Pingu. Switzerland. Switzerland, okay. 
Well, I watched it in my Canadian childhood, and many of my American friends didn't know what it was, so I had assumed it was a Canadian show. That's interesting. I've spoken to some Canadians who do not know what Pingu is. Really? It was on all the time. Yeah, it was here we too. Really there were some episodes like... that got banned as well. What? Like the one where he pisses himself and the one where he gets spanked. I think I remember both of those ones. Mm. Those were not banned in Canada. They weren't banned here until they were. <laughs> <laughs> I got banned from watching Pingu for a while. Why? Because he made me naughty. I emulated some of Pingu's behaviour and my mum stopped me watching it for a bit. Like, I'll blow bubbles into my drink in a really annoying way. Mm-hmm. He's a bit, like, bratty, isn't he? Yeah, he Pingu. is. Mm-hmm. There were also some scary episodes of Pingu. Like, the one where he has a nightmare and his bed goes for a walk and there's that giant walrus. Oh, yeah. Another good example of what my dreams are like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, I have very vivid dreams. Yeah, Pingu's a good penguin. Pingu's a very good penguin. Penguin from Wallace and Gromit is a very good penguin. Claymation penguins are, are fine, is what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. CGI penguins. Ah. Mm. Danny DeVito as a penguin. Cool. Certainly memorable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little taste of what we're going to be talking about. Lots of penguin chat. Lots yeah. of penguin chat in this in this here episode. If you have a better example of a penguin or a penguin show please tell us yeah it would be so i love penguins don't get me wrong mm-hmm. uh, maybe, uh, maybe i come across someone who resents penguins i don't resent penguins at all but they for such a fun animal we need some better penguin representation on on, on the big the, the big screen on the big screen we have the excellent children's book in tango makes three about the the gay penguins and their adopted baby Aww. Tango. Tango is the name of the adopted baby. Um, I was working in a children's department of a public library when that book was published, and it was the hot topic in the children's section. Um, that's good penguin representation. Yeah. There was also a children's book called Tacky the Penguin about all these penguins who wore little tuxedos, except Tacky who wore. A, like a very neon flowered shirt and like shutter shades oh my god and he's a penguin <laughs> <laughs> and i loved that penguin that's a series of children's books um but yeah none of them have made it to the big screen no not yet maybe if you're listening to this podcast in 10 years time we'll be reviewing 2021's cursed penguin movie spectacular <laughs> That's all that's going to come out in 2021, just penguin films. Yeah, and we're going to be the ones who make it. Yeah. Dracula the Penguin. (laughs) Dracula. Vampires in the Antarctic. (laughs) That's where they live. Snow pyres. Snow pyres. (laughs) There was a very good vampire movie that's set in... Barrow, Alaska, in the Arctic, mm. on one of these research bases that you get up north that I'm familiar with. Let me tell you, it'd be very scary if there was a vampire in one of them. Yeah. I've actually not watched this, I've just heard a lot of good things about it. What's it called? I don't know. Vampires in the Arctic? I don't know. Snow Pyres. Snow Pyres. That's the title. That's yeah. Would recommend that. You could probably just Google Barrow, Alaska. Uh, naturally, that's the town has been uh, renamed. 
good Keatvik, so I should really say that. But mm. if you search Barrow Vampires, you'll find it. 30 Days of Night. That's it. That's the one. Cool. We should watch it, because I've not watched it yet. Yeah, I'd love to watch and it. And then we can watch some Draculas, which you like, because you're a goth. Yeah. And then we can watch some Arctic Science stuff, which I like, because I'm an Arctic Scientist. Yeah. Who is not a goth. <laughs> not yet. Not ever. <laughs> that ship has sailed, and... Uh, and I think this is why you didn't enjoy Batman or Batman Returns. I think it's because I've got, I've got taste. <laughs> I don't which think is that's also, been proven. Which is wrapped up in me never having been a goth. <laughs> I don't think you having good taste has been conclusively proven by this podcast. Excuse me. <laughs> I have amazing taste. I put five cloves of garlic in everything. This is a pot calling the kettle jellical. When we're talking cats, you know, we're talking about an ironic love of a thing. Yeah. But are we? Yes. <laughs> it's fully ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so I was given the task of picking two of the four Batman movies from this era. Um, the movies being Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Robin, and Batman Forever. Um, and I chose Batman and Batman Returns because they're both directed by Tim Burton um, Tim Burton lost his Batman privileges after Batman Returns, Good. Um, which we'll discuss. Uh, they both are starring Michael Keaton as Batman, and they really, like, they go together better than the later two, which have different directors. They've got different people playing Batman. George Clooney is playing Batman in one of them, but I don't know if he's playing Batman in both. I can't remember. Um, and the later two are are zanier but I think we have the the first two are a little more unsettling and more people that I know have seen them yeah I think from what I've heard about the other ones just them being stupider sound more up my alley yeah to be fully honest like Tim Burton's never like there are some Tim Burton's that I like I quite like Edward Scissorhands mm-hmm. um and probably others if I thought of Sweeney Todd. I like Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that's alright. So I think the the, the the odds were stacked against my favour. Yeah, you definitely weren't going to like these. And I did choose them knowing that. But mm. I don't think we could have jumped in easily with the latter two. And yeah. that they would have been harder to compare with each other. Because there's just so much content. There's two major villains in both of them. The plot comes at you hard and fast. Good. And I love them. They're very close to my heart, just as these first two are. But I, I thought the first two would make for better comparison with each other. Because they are <laughs> at least meant to be part of the same Yeah, series. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I watched them so that I know not to ever watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> It's been really entertaining to see how rattled you were. Rattled and bored at the same time. More so rattled with the second one. The second one is really rattling. Like, I remember being rattled by it as a child and, again, as an adult. Um, I was a little bit inoculated to it this time because for my 22nd birthday, 23rd, not too long ago, um... A bunch of my friends and I got together and played drinking games and watched uh, the first three of these movies. So I'd seen it again more recently. 
So I guess just like a, a maybe an overview of both of them. Yeah. So the the first one, our villain is the Joker. Sounds fun. Incorrect. He's not the Joker for about the first third of the movie. Yeah. Uh, played by Jack Nicholson. He starts out as a, a crime sh- man. A shady crime man. <laughs> um, of indeterminate nature and in the process of, of doing a crime ends up at the chemicals factory. The chemicals factory that I think is called Axe Chemicals in the movie, even though in every Batman comic it's called Ace Chemicals, so that was confusing. Mm. Um Well Axe is a more scary word than Ace. And as we all know, chemicals are danger every single chemical is dangerous. All of them, especially the ones that are dyed sort of vaguely pastel green. Yeah, the you most... see exactly. It's why you shouldn't eat vegetables because you don't know what's in them, and it could be the green ve- the green chemical chemical. The most dangerous color. Yeah. Is that sort of pastel green that means chemical. Mm-hmm. There is a crime happening at the chemical plant that Jack Nicholson is involved in. <laughs> I think his character's name is also Jack. Yeah. And Batman thwarts the crime, and in doing so, Jack ends up falling into the vat of of chemical chemical, <laughs> and becoming a villain. He gets mutilated, kind of. His skin just gets bleached, basically. His skin gets bleached, and his hair turns green. I could live with that. If that had happened, to, if I fall into chemicals, and the worst that happened to me was that my skin got bleached and my hair turned green, I could, I could live with that. And yeah, you're like you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I'd just say, "Oh, hi, it's me, Billie Eilish," <laughs> and then I'd live the rest of my life as Billie Eilish. <laughs> I know, like, two of her songs, so I think I could get by. Yeah. I could say, I'm Billie Eilish, I've got slight amnesia, I can do bad guy, and the, that slow one. <laughs> <laughs> the sleep one, you know the one? Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have to become a villain, I'd just become Billie Eilish. But maybe I'd have to kill Billie Eilish. <laughs> which would make me a villain. You might... Well, I don't know. You're almost getting the spirit of a Batman villain. You're, like, nearly there. (laughs) Be like, this is my new style, therefore I will embrace the aesthetic and maybe do a crime. I don't think that my Batman villain would fall into a vat of chemical. uh, Because I, myself, as Elise in the real world, would try and stay away from the chemical vat. Mm-hmm. I don't like contamination mm-hmm. of things in my body. I think, I, I don't think falling into a vat of chemicals would be part of my Batman villain backstory either. No. So this scene at the chemical plant is is quite a ways into the movie. Um, so we've already seen Batman a couple of times before this, like thwarting some robberies. Do we know much about his character or his motivations? No, we just know that he's Batman and he's rich. Um, I find hilarious about Michael Keaton's Batman in this movie and in the next one. Um, he has no range of motion in his neck in the bat suit. <laughs> yeah, it's quite and funny. It's very funny. Like he has to move like a his entire torso in order to like look at something behind him. His range of vision must be terrible. Because he's got the big cowl on, too, so it must be obstructing his vision like crazy. And he just cannot move his neck at all. 
Okay, here's what I noticed about this Batman. He's not amazing at fighting, and he's not very dexterous, and he's not very gymnastic because his suit is made of rubber. But he's good at one. He's good at two things. Number one, zip lining. Mm-hmm. Most of his major <laughs> things that he does well are zip lining. He'll zip line and knock something over or dazzle someone. Mm-hmm. And number two, occasionally using his grappling hook, but not all the time. <laughs> Inconsistent use of grappling hook. Very selective use of the grappling when he, hook. Whenever he uses the grappling hook, he gains success. <laughs> and sometimes he delays himself majorly by choosing not to use a grappling hook. Sometimes you're watching a movie, <laughs> and you're watching an action scene, and a character has, let's say, some sort of tool, or some sort of special skill they do, that is effective every time they do it. But sometimes they choose not to do it and start to fuck around instead, and then they get hit, or they miss on out on an opportunity, and you're like, why didn't he use the sword? <laughs> why didn't he use the grappling hook? I've seen it work. Don't show me that you're always successful with the grappling hook or the sword, and then choose not to use it. But the zip line, the zip line he does use a lot. He uses his, his bat zip line. He doesn't use a lot of the things one might expect from... Batman, he doesn't have any batarangs. No, he doesn't have, like, a fun belt full of shit. No. Like, shark repellent spray. No shark repellent bat spray. No. Uh, later, the later two movies do have a fun utility belt full of shit. Oh, the later two movies sound good. Um, maybe we should do a follow-up episode with those ones. The, this one... I like his, I like the glider aspect of his suit. Like, mm-hmm. the, the cape seems to be able to turn into, like, an actual glider, so he can go down from the tall buildings. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, it makes him look more like a bat, so you can see how randos in the town are like, Batman! Mm-hmm. Um, he does have a very funny habit of finding a dramatic place to stand, And then raising the corners of his cape up above his head to make, like, a big dramatic shadow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, he's about to start singing a song at Eurovision. (laughs) Uh, Or, like, he's about to drain your blood because he's a Dracula. Yeah. All in all, like, I found... I mean, this is, I think, often the case, but this... This Bruce Wayne is the least interesting part about the movie. Yeah. I don't um, like spending time with this Bruce Wayne. He's not got a lot of personality. Is he bothered about his parents being dead? No, not really. No, is it's... he bothered about much of anything? Not really. He vaguely cares about city policies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he sort of gives a shit about who's mayor. Yeah. <laughs> But he's not that bothered. He's boring at parties. Yep. And he's a he's bad. His romantic life is bad, but not in a funny way. He's yep. just a boring dude. <laughs> he is deeply dull. He has a love interest in this first movie, who is a uh, an acclaimed wartime photographer who's moved to get the scoop on Batman in Gotham City. Yep. And she's also very bland. Her name is Vicky Vale. She's, yeah, she has no personality in this film, which is unfortunate. She's also boring at parties. There's, she's got another reporter friend who's kind of into her, and he just disappears about two-thirds of the way into the movie, and we never see him again. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know what his name was. I thought he was going to get bitter and turn into like a side villain, mm-hmm. but no. I thought he might get killed by the Joker, oh, and that, that nice. also did not happen. He just kind of disappears. So what's the Joker's game in this? Remind me. The Joker wants to take the chemical that was he fell into and he puts it in a bunch of stuff like aerosols and the like household objects that people might buy makeup that sort of cleaning supplies that sort of thing and once people use it it will make them laugh until they die i think die mm-hmm. yeah um that's his game also he robs an art gallery yeah he robs an art gallery and that's the only fun thing he does cuz he Blast some hip hop music and does a bunch of fun things. He does Banksy practice and all the painting. Yep, that was good fun. That was a very, very classic Batman scene. He's got like a little, he's got a flower in his lapel that squirts acid. That's fun. Yeah, but other than that, he doesn't do much. And and yeah, he 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 ends up trying to kill everyone in a parade with this stuff. And then, in the climax, steals away Batman's girlfriend mm-hmm. by taking her up a very, very, very uh, tall tower. He goes up all the stairs, and Batman g- runs into the building. He's like, oh, I also have to follow them on all these stairs. If only I had a tool that would help me get up here, like a grappling hook. But he doesn't say that to himself. He forgets he's got a grappling hook, and we watch him for a full 20 hours <laughs> walk up all the stairs following the Joker. You have a grappling hook, man. <laughs> We've seen it get used every other fight scene, and it works. Then Batman and the Joker fight on the roof of this building, and controversially, Batman just straight up kills the Joker, <laughs> which is, for any fans of the Batman comics, is something of an ordeal for decades in the comics, so it was a bit weird that the movie was like, nah, he's just gonna kill him immediately. Don't even worry about it. Yep. Rest in peace, Joker. He, like, this is where he uses the grappling hook. He, like, gets it on the Joker's ankle and then ties yeah. the other end to a gargoyle. Finally using the grappling hook. Yeah. His one tool. <laughs> there is a, f- yeah, the fight scene at the top of the tower is very awkward because all the, the fight scenes are awkward because Michael Keaton cannot move in the bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he can't just turn his head around. He has to turn, like, everything around to look at something. And I get the sense that his arms are, like, awkwardly padded and armored as well. Like, he seems to struggle with just range of motion in general. And I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the costume. Yeah. Which is Bruce Wayne's fault. Yeah. Bruce Wayne did this. Yeah. He needs to be better at costume design. And it's actually, the costume is not that improved in the second one. It's He's a bit quicker. But it's still very rubbery. And he still can't move his neck. And it's even more obvious because at one point in the second one, he takes off the cowl while he's still wearing the rest of the suit. Mm Mm-hmm, he does. And the neck bit goes all the way up to his ears. Like, it covers bits of his chin, and it looks so awkward. Yeah. He must not be able to hear very well in that outfit. Yeah, there's no way. (laughs) Oh, the second one. The penguin one. Do you want to just do an overview on 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 the penguin? Because you know his backstory. So you know what he could be. The penguin, in many versions of the comics, um, 
is a mobster. He runs a good chunk of Gotham's underworld. He has a nightclub called the Iceberg Lounge that has a shark in it. It's very cool. Mm. Um, He's scary mostly because he's very powerful in the city, not because he's, like, physically imposing himself, though he does frequently have an umbrella that shoots bullets. That's that's cool. Very cool. Um, So usually he's just, like, a person who is a mobster, and the Penguin is, like, his mob name, partly because of the nightclub and partly just because of his general look. Um, He wears black and white suits. This movie took a different tact. They went hard. (laughs) They went super extreme. Oh, my God. I've never been so freaked out by a Danny DeVito character. And to be honest... That's saying something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, Danny DeVito, but it's true. Yeah. Tim Burton took a different route with the backstory, thinking, well, he's called the Penguin, so how can I amp this up to a hundred? Which is generally not a bad instinct when you're talking about Batman villains, but maybe I would have done something else. What he went with is... That he was just born, like, feral. He's in, like, a cat carrier as a, an infant, and he eats he eats a house pet. He eats a cat. Yeah. And his parents just, like, set him adrift in the river. Yeah, it's like a really posh family in the yeah. mansion. Yeah, and they're like, ah, fuck this, and just set him adrift. <laughs> and he drifts into the zoo. Yes. And is raised by penguins. And we'll talk about where he's in the zoo in a moment. I wasn't going to talk about that right now. But we will. Um, I don't know why they went with, like, he's got razor sharp teeth. He's got three fingers. Yes. So his hands are sort of fused like flippers. And he's got, like, black saliva. Yes, and he spits an awful lot too, so you can definitely see it. And it's like pouring out of his mouth in every scene. According to some behind-the-scenes stuff I read, like, they basically just sprayed the inside of Danny DeVito's mouth with this stuff, so he had a bunch in his mouth before every scene, which is probably why he sounds so strange, too. Yeah. Like, it's just sort of burbling out of him all the way down his chin. It's gross. He, his proportions are, so, uh, are all very strange. Mm. He looks like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. He does a bit, yeah. yeah. He looks like an egg with legs. Yeah. He looks, I guess, like an emperor penguin. Like that shape. Yeah, like a really round one. Yeah. And he waddles and he, he struggles to breathe. So he's like, huh, 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 every time he breathes. Yeah. And like... I don't know. It wasn't a very kind portrayal of anything. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was also, like, all of that... He's also portrayed as, like, incredibly animalistic. Like, he eats a raw fish in the middle of a press conference. Don't we all? We've all been there, Shannon. We've all been there. Sometimes just in a press conference and you're like, I need some... You know. It's like still flopping around and he just like bites a chunk out of it. Someone passed me a koi cup, you know, I need to rip its head off. Yeah. He's often wearing sort of like a onesie that's like grayish and stained. Um, and you can kind of see where it's the suit has been padded weirdly to give yes. him this shape. So it does kind of look like it's stuffed with cotton in spots. And so they, they've really made him look 
kind of like half an animal, especially with the black saliva. I think that's what really does it. And he's always got this like wild look in his eyes and he's like panting and drooling and biting yeah. heads off things and making incredibly leery comments. Oh, he's an absolute purple. And all of this is really weird considering that, like, as a character, generally the Penguin is meant to be one of the cleverer Batman villains, hence, like, head of the mob. Um, so this was, like, a really weird take because he's not a physically imposing person. Mm-hmm. He's just really upsetting to look at. Yeah, at one point he's referred to in, in the movie as... Part man, part penguin. All horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Yeah. Um, Well, you say that he's not, like... He isn't a mobster in this movie, but he does have a gang of circus freaks. Yeah. He's basically got, like, the cast of The Greatest Showman. (laughs) (laughs) Who all work for him. And all, I guess, live in this penguin enclosure in the zoo. Yeah. Where's the penguin enclosure in the zoo, Elise? Oh, okay. I'm not going to talk about this for long. We see his enclosure really early on that's chock full of penguins. We all know where penguins live. It's it's the Antarctic. Mm -hmm. Um, The enclosure is called Arctic World (laughs) and has a giant polar bear on it. That's not right. No self-respecting zoo would do that. Like, you can see someone at a theme park making an error like one, but but if you own the animals, you know where the animals come from. Who designed Gotham Zoo? Arctic World? There's only penguins in the enclosure. There's no other Arctic animals in the enclosure. Penguins are not from the Arctic. They're from the South Pole. I have to correct people on this every other week (laughs) as an Arctic ecologist. I'm always getting questions like, oh, did you see penguins? Are you seeing penguins? No, I bloody haven't. Well, I have at a zoo in the Antarctic enclosure. (laughs) Penguins don't... Penguins are not from the Arctic. They're in the Antarctic. Penguins and polar bears do not co-inhabit the same space. Someone did try and put penguins up into the Arctic in, like, the early 1900s. To see what would happen. So he moved them some macaroni and gentoo penguins, I think, up from Antarctica to a Norwegian island. And they didn't survive more than 10 years. They all died within 10 years because it's not a good place to have penguins. And there are no penguins in the Arctic. And the penguin in the Batman movie lives in Arctic world. And it shouldn't have gotten me so annoyed, but it did. It's just because I have to deal with this so often. I don't mind it when a little kid is like, what about the, uh, what about, what about penguins? Have you seen penguins in the Arctic? I don't mind that because kids are dumb. <laughs> Tim Burton. Unless he was trying to make a point like, ah ha ha, Gotham City, they don't give a shit over here. They're wild they, and zany. They did fully let the penguins raise a human child in that zoo. This, maybe this is, this, maybe the zoo in this movie is actually a zoo that's run by someone who owns a zoo tycoon. Maybe this is someone's zoo tycoon, tycoon come to life. Because I'm not going to lie, even though I would, it would it annoys me in real life, if I had a zoo tycoon going at the moment, I would name the Antarctic enclosure Arctic World. <laughs> and I would name the Arctic enclosure Antarctic World. You know I would, as yeah. a joke on myself. Yes. 
So maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah. If it's, it's a giant zoo tycoon. It's an elaborate prank on Gotham City, which is why they let a bunch of carnies forming a criminal mob and Danny DeVito hang out inside their animal enclosure. How did Danny DeVito become the king of the carnies? I don't know. How did he meet these people? They're all dressed as clowns. They look like the who you might expect the Joker's posse to be. Well, maybe the Joker had a, uh, like a bit of a fan club going, but then he died early on. Yeah. So then they're like, we need to find a new psychopath to hang out with. And one of them's like, hey, have you seen that man raised by penguins in Arctic World? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Arctic World. I remember that. The place where the penguins live. Yes. Well, let's go and see what he's about. Yeah. Okay, I'll accept that as canon. <laughs> There's another um, famous Batman villain in this movie. Yeah, and, I liked her. And that is kind of uh, Catwoman, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. She looked great. She did. And. She had a lot more personality than any of the women in the last movie. Which was one woman. Which was one whole woman. <laughs> um, she got a plot and everything. Um, yeah. Okay, I've got a question for you. Yeah. And in my asking you of this question, I will explain her deal. Mm. So in this movie, Selena, who is Catwoman, before she becomes Catwoman, works as a secretary for a politician called Shrek. <laughs> that's his surname Mr. Shrek Mr. Shrek gets frustrated with her one day and pushes her out the window intending to kill but she does not die she gets licked by a bunch of all these cats swarm her mm-hmm. and start licking her wounds and look like they're gearing up to eat her because they think that she's dead you know how cats just eat people mm-hmm. when you're dead mm-hmm. um, I hope to get eaten by cats what a way to go if I'm around cats when I die because then at least the cats get something out of it mm. Anyway, but she doesn't get eaten by cats because she uh, bolts back to life, creates a cat costume, and becomes Catwoman. She's got amazing uh, combat skills and proficiency with a whip. Okay, question for you, Shannon. Yeah. Does she, Am I thinking about this? So in my head, what's happened here? She's fallen out the window, the cat's nurse her back to life or at least trigger something within her that wakes her up and now she is semi-invincible and has some degree of superhuman strength this is very similar to what the movie's done with the penguins backstory where they were like we'll just take this mobster who has a name the penguin and make him raised by penguins this is kind of the same thing they've done with catwoman who is catwoman because she's a cat burglar um, and wears, like, a leather suit, and all the villains in Gotham are themed, so Catwoman became her thing. And there's, like, other backstory to her, depending on what series of comics you read, but, like, given superhuman powers by cats is not one of them. None of the Batman (laughs) villains have superpowers. But I think Catwoman does. But in this movie, Catwoman absolutely does. So she's the only one with superpowers because Batman doesn't. He's just got a grappling hook and money. Yeah. Yeah, but she wakes up with, basically, she can suddenly fight and 
do acrobatics and whip training and things. And has nine lives. Yeah. In the in the climax, she's fighting Shrek, and he shoots her a bunch of times, and she's counting down from nine because mm-hmm. she just doesn't die. Yeah. Um. And she's still alive at the end after getting electrocuted on presumably her last life of nine. Mm. Yeah. So, Catwoman has superpowers in this movie. <laughs> Catwoman does a lot of like funny lines about either being bad at dating or girl power. And she's in this movie to solve sexism. (laughs) And I think she did it. Guys, it's over. It's over. Catwoman saved us. We all missed it, but it happened in this movie. Yes. She puts a live bird in her mouth and then lets it go. That's totally radical, and I feel emancipated. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle Pfeiffer. Also, a behind-the-scenes thing I read indicated she actually does that. For fun, like she literally put the live bird that... in the, her mouth when filming that scene. Is that's that's kind of cool. It was very cool. Not for the bird. No, the bird was fine. In the end, she yeah, <laughs> like she puts a live bird in her mouth and then opens her mouth and the bird flies out. That's dedication. She's got some sort of vague alliance with the penguin that does not last long. And doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, and he just makes a bunch of pervy comments to her, and then she says stuff like, hmm, that's sexist, <laughs> mister. And that's as far as it goes. Um, the penguin gets involved with Shrek, and I wish that was a sen- wasn't a sentence that I said. <laughs> the penguin gets involved in Shrek, and Shrek makes, Maya- makes the penguin... <laughs> the Shrek... <laughs> Shrek <laughs> launches a campaign to get the penguin to be the mayor. Yeah. Um, and and for some reason, the whole of Gotham City is like, yes, we love this penguin man. He's so charismatic and so cool. Even though at no point does he show any level of charisma at all. Penguin and the Catwoman are trying to destroy Batman's reputation by causing accidents where Batman is. Yeah. To, but then that doesn't really go anywhere. Nope. They hijack <laughs> the Batmobile briefly, but then Batman fixes it, so it's fine. Batman at the uh, the major campaign for Penguin's mayoral campaign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Batman remixes some of the speech to basically reveal that uh, the Penguin's fucking around with Gotham City. And then people are like, whoa, Penguin, I'm not going to vote for you anymore. And then the Penguin's like, I'm going to steal your children, starting with Shrek's son, Chip Shrek. <laughs> We've Chip Shrek. <laughs> Chip Shrek. The character is called Chip Shrek. Chip Shrek! Who we hadn't seen up till that point in the movie. What a name! Any indication he existed. I want a cat or a dog. I want some sort of pet to call Chip Shrek. <laughs> um, there's a scene of all the penguins' carny lackeys just running into houses and just taking children and like putting them in the types of of carriages you'd see like the dog catcher in. 101 Dalmatians having. Um, (laughs) That also goes nowhere. Yeah. The penguin also at the same time is strapped a bunch of rockets on torpedoes onto the penguins. Tor penguins. Tor penguins. (laughs) 
fuck's sake, and then sends them off into the Gotham City to do a terrorism. And then Batman hacks into the Penguin's brains, yeah, brain and- controls, and gets them to turn around and go back to the zoo. Because Batman can hack into anything and basically is invincible because he can just rewire everything all the time very easily. I think the tour penguins were great. I would have liked to have seen more of them instead of just waddling around. I was concerned about the fact that they were real penguins that had loads of stuff strapped onto them. It Shit was... wouldn't fly in Antarctica and it definitely wouldn't fly in the Arctic. That was a concern. Shit wouldn't fly anyway, they're a flightless bird. Yeah. I can imagine them being cool in cartoons and comics. I just don't need to see them in, in, in the flesh. That upset me a bit. Mm, yeah. Some of the penguins were fake. Some of them were not. And sometimes it was hard to tell which were fake and which yeah. were Um. Then there's a, a... The climax, I guess, happens. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> um, basically... Shrek and Penguin both die, Catwoman gets away, Batman adopts a little black cat. <laughs> and then declares sexism over. Yeah. Um, the Penguin, when he dies, he he's badly wounded, and then we see his, him stumbling around in the enclosure, and then he collapses face first in a very gross way. And then the puppet Emperor Penguins, like, go either side of him and sort of slowly drag him off of the ramp and into the water mm-hmm. and it's like why did you spend two hours on this scene like it's it's so long and it's so graphic and it's weird it's like do you want me to feel sad for this penguin man yeah <laughs> i feel sad for the penguin penguins i do it is a very odd scene but i do think in this summary This movie was a lot more engaging than the previous one, and I think that's because, think about how little we've talked about Batman. Yeah. The best Batman things know that Batman is the least interesting character in Batman. And I think that Batman Returns is beginning to understand that, that Bruce Wayne is the least interesting character, so you may as well spend all your time on other people. Hmm. I'd like to care about Batman though. I'd like to care. I'd like to be in Batman's head a little bit, and like hear his motivations for stuff. That's what Lego Batman is for. That's why. That's the only Batman that I've enjoyed. Then Lego Batman is the best Batman. <laughs> I I quite enjoyed the Dark Knight. I mean, it's no Lego Batman, but it was fine. Well, um, but that's another one where I feel like I cared a bit more about Batman. I think Christian Bale as Batman gets to do a bit of the, like, two sides, sort of, like, broody crime fighter, but also, like, crazy playboy. Yeah, Where he's, like, sitting in fountains and stuff like that, and you kind of get why people don't know that he's Batman, because he's just an idiot. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that. Um, but Michael Keaton's Batman is serious all the time as Batman and as Bruce Wayne like he's never like a crazy playboy ever Mm-hmm. so that's a bit strange I mean I'd say that I wanted more from Batman but then that would mean the movies ha- would have to be longer I don't think so I think they just need to be different you got enough screen time to make him interesting we don't do we don't we only really see him on dates and occasionally doing some gadgety thing 
I don't know, his dialogue's so, so, so bare. And, yeah, I really don't give a shit about Batman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In these movies. Almost of the time, apart from in the occasional other Batman movie. And they're the ones I'd prefer. So maybe I disagree with you. But then I'm a normie who doesn't, like, who's not super familiar familiar with the rest of Batman. I think you should care about Batman a bit, but I think there's a limit on how much you can care about him. Because after a certain point, he's just not that interesting. So, like, I don't think the Dark Knight would work without also having a really good villain. No. Who has a ton of screen time. And also, it also has Two-Face in it, so it's got two villains. And Batman. Who's got enough screen time to be interesting, but not so much that he becomes boring. Because he is quite broody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes him the least interesting character. You can always find a better character for a Batman movie. He's not good on his own. And I think in the first one, he's... Like, the Joker's not the Joker until, like, halfway through. So you've really only got, like, two kind of broody, boring people at the beginning. Mm. And then finally you get the Joker at the end. I wonder how this Robert Pattinson one is going to be. I really hope that his Batman is interesting. And it probably will because it's Robert Pattinson. But, like, I mean, genuinely, I think I'd be way more engaged across the board, across Batman canon, if they just altered Batman a bit. (laughs) So that I... Not, like, liked it. I don't need to like him. In fact, I'd like more reasons to be conflicted about him. Just give him a bit more of a personality. More of a personality. Make him more funny. You don't have to make him, like, funny on purpose. But, Mm. like... You know, because it, they, they always feel, feel a bit formulaic, and that's fine if you like the formula, but I'm not sure I like the formula. I think he can be really fun when he's got, like, sidekicks. Mm-hmm. He's a really good sort of straight man to a really zany Robin or a Batgirl or something yeah. like that. If these movies had a Robin, that would be a bit better. Maybe. Well, Batman and Robin is its own thing. Okay. <laughs> In theory, yes. It was kind of strange to see, like, his high-tech gadgets were not that high-tech in retrospect, and that was quite endearing. <laughs> like, when he's, like, hacking into the into the um, the Penguin's campaign speech, he pulls out this, like, CD-ROM, as if that's cool. <laughs> it's a CD-ROM. And he puts it into his little disc player that's got a little bat on it, and I remember my little brother had a bat radio like that that you could put CD-ROMs in. In the early 2000s. <laughs> and his Batmobile, it sort of can change shape. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not that cool. I do like it better than the Christian Bale Batmobile that's basically a tank. I find that one very clunky. I like that this one's sleek. But it can't do much. Oh, I think I quite like... That's The Dark Knight, though. Yeah. I think I quite like that, because it's, like, a functional, like, crime-fighting car. Oh, I hate that it's a tank. That annoys me so much. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Just run over your villain? That's so boring. The car is just to get you places. I've never been into any of the Bat vehicles, though. He's mm. got, like, a helicopter and, like, a little glider and stuff, and I'm always like, just fucking get out and... Grapple hook your way on things. Grapple hook. 
climb up the gargoyles like a Dracula skittering <laughs> up the wall. I don't want to see you drive into your crime scene. I don't care. I don't mind if the car's cool. I want it to look cool, but I want it to look sleek, you know? Because it's supposed to hide places. Where the hell are you going to hide a tank? She's going to drive through half of Gotham City, flattening mailboxes. That's the thing, you can have a sleek car, but if your main move is to, like, stand somewhere super obvious, put your crazy bat wings up, and hiss, <laughs> <laughs> then you may as well have a tank. <laughs> Maybe Christian Bale and Michael Keaton should swap cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what car will Robert Pattinson have? Volkswagen Beetle. I really want Robert Pattinson's Batman to to interest. I deeply want him to interest me. It sounds like they're going for an angle where they're like in that interview where he was making that weird pasta. He was saying that he's like didn't work out so, that much. He yeah. didn't want to have like a really ripped Batman. And it's mm. like, all right, this is his own take on this role. I'm really hoping he sort of plays up what I think is the fun part about Batman is the like. The fact that he's tr- actively trying to convince people he's too stupid to be Batman. So as Bruce Wayne, he just plays like a bimbo. <laughs> yeah. I would. I really would like to actually see that on screen. Yeah, that would be fun. And like, I think there's an interesting thing to, 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 to explore. It's like, he's a sort of, you know, stereotypical bratty rich, rich kid with all the stuff, but he's also... It's very tragic because his parents are dead and he thinks he can solve all the crime in the city and he just does it himself instead of joins the police or does it through regular means. That I think, you know, I'd like to see the the origin story of, of him thinking, let's be a Batman. I'm going to do, I'm going to be a Batman and be a better police than the police. But we don't see that in these two movies. He's already sort of doing it. He's early game in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still don't see him be like, I'm going to dress up in a bat costume and I'm going to have a utility belt and I'm going to have a bat car and solve crime. I want to know why. I do get, I'm of two minds because I get kind of sick of seeing the same origin story over and over again a la all the reboots of Spider-Man. But it might have been nice to see Bruce Wayne becoming Batman as random guy called Jack becomes the Joker. Have them, like, come into being in the same movie. And that would make it more intriguing if the Joker didn't just full-on die at the end. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is why you're, you really shouldn't kill off Batman villains. And they kill off two major ones in these movies. You're just supposed to put them in Arkham to, for later use. Just shelve them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then they can break out and you can have another story with them. I think the continuity matters. Yeah. And it's... Controversially, I don't like versions of Batman that kill people because I think it's more morally interesting that he won't. Mm. Because he's, like, it's, like, a very strong conviction to have as a superhero and makes it more than just, like, punching people. Like, he has, like, philosophical and moral commitments to attempting to get people psychological help. Yes. And I think that's interesting, but it's so often just dropped. Yeah, and he in does this do one, murder. He does, he does just murder them straight up, and it's really, really obvious. Yeah. It just seems kind of like a careless... The first one mm. I'm talking just seems, I don't know, 
a bit careless in the characterization, mm-hmm. and just wants to go through the motions of a Batman yeah. movie. Without really thinking about who they want their Batman to be, and I think you can get a better Batman if you have other characters to play off of. Like, if you've got a Robin, or even if you gave Alfred some more lines. Yeah. Like, someone for him to disagree with, or have thoughts at. Well, I didn't hate his interactions with Catwoman in the second one, because they did do a bit of that sort of discussion, but it didn't go very far. Yeah. There's, like, a bit of sexual tension, but then they also talked about, like, both being behind a mask and whatever, mm-hmm. and trying to, to, you know figure out revenge and take matters into their own hands and how that varies uh, between the two of them. Um, so that that was something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shannon, did you think Batman was cursed or blessed? I think blurs. I think there's some strong aesthetic aspects to it, despite some weak characterization. Okay. Yeah. And what about Batman Returns? Cursed or blessed? Or oh. blessed? Also blurst. I had nightmares about Danny DeVito as the Penguin for many years as a child. But, like, I think Michelle Pfeiffer was really good as Catwoman. I think I love the aesthetic of Gotham City that Tim Burton does. I think it's it's great. And it was fun getting toward the type of Batman thing that I like that's just, like, a little bit zanier than that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Batman. Cursed. It was really boring for me. Um, and I, I don't try to go, I don't aim to go around being bored by things, and yet, it was another Snow White, Heathers, never-ending <laughs> story, Return, no, Return to Oz, I think, is, is, is cursed in a different way, it's cursed because it's, 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 it's very disturbing, but I, I just wasn't interested enough, like, if we'd stopped watching the movie halfway through and we weren't doing it for a podcast, I would have been, like, fine with that. I wouldn't have wanted to know the end of the movie. Mm. And it's a shame because I think the Joker's a really fun character. And the little I know about the Joker, I do know that, like, he's, backstory-wise, often a failed stand-up comedian Mm -hmm. who turns to horrible crimes. And I do stand-up and I don't do crimes because I'm a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nice and I don't kill people. But let me tell you, there's a lot of very entitled comics out there. They think they're hot shit. Because they're good at making dick jokes at the pub. (laughs) And then if they don't get any attention on the stage, they can get kind of scary. And I like that. And I like that villain because I can vibe with it. And I think the Joker can be really fun. Mm -hmm. And this Joker was only fun in one scene. And I don't know. I was expecting more. I was like, all right, good. Yes, the Joker. Mm -hmm. So cursed. Uh, Batman Returns. Cursed. Yeah, I thought so. And I was engaged... But I think in the same way that you were engaged with a cat in the hat, mm, you know, mm-hmm. like you watched it, but you didn't like it. Yeah. And I was too disturbed by, um, and again, I wanted to find it so good that it, so bad that it was good, mm-hmm. but it didn't quite break out <laughs> for me. I liked Michelle Pfeiffer some of the time. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of her lines were really ham-fisted mm. and like by trying to do the sexism plot line, they were really really highlighting that that was the one female character in this. Yeah. And most of it was, like, gratuitous butt shots of her. Yeah. And, like, on top of that, the Penguin is so gross. And I know he's meant to be, but it wasn't fun. He's not a fun villain. <laughs> and he's also such an awful pervert. 
He's terrible. <laughs> I spent my, my my face was well. If you're listening, you can't see my face, but Shannon, my face was like this most of the way through the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and and I wasn't bored, so I think I prefer this one to the first one. Mm-hmm. But I did not like it. But I think I'd like the other two ones, and I'm not saying that we should have watched those, because I think you're right, it's interesting, because this is Tim Burton, Mm -hmm. and they do have a similar aesthetic, but I think from what I know about myself, and from what I know about my past interactions with Batman content, I think I'd like the stupider ones. I think the, the two stupider ones are better. Like, they get a higher blurst for me, because they're more fun. Mm-hmm. I do think these two were kind of draggy, and the second one was gross. Yeah. But fully, like, I can't put them fully cursed, because I did, I watched them again and again as a kid, yeah, and I will fair. watch them again after this. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll watch them while doing shots, but I will watch them again. <laughs> and I think that's the difference. Yeah, that's, I think, I mean, I don't like saying this about movies, but, like, I don't really want to think about these movies again, mm-hmm. <laughs> let alone watch them again. Um, but I am intrigued about the other two. Yeah. And yeah, I just find it really interesting that like Tim Burton got kicked off the project after <laughs> after this one. This was because of a dispute about merchandising because oh like God. no one could merchandise the penguin. <laughs> yeah, who'd want a Danny DeVito penguin doll? He leaks real ink from his mouth. <laughs> and they couldn't. And, like, the, the Catwoman costume was incredibly sexualized in this, so they couldn't merchandise that look either. Oh, yeah, I bet. Um, as much as I like Michelle Pfeiffer's performance with what she was given, which was not great, like, the script was not great, um, might be one of my least favorite Catwoman looks, just because it's, like, so overtly sexual and there's like no functionality to it really yeah like catwoman's always like vaguely sexualized but like generally it seems to have some sort of purpose because she's it's like all black and she's a cat burglar and okay you get why she's wearing tight clothes fine but like this felt so purposeless you know it looks so uncomfortable yeah yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer said in an interview it was the most uncomfortable costume she's ever worn. Yeah, get on her for, like, doing all those stunts in it, though. Yeah, she learned how to use the whip for this. That's cool. Those were her, she, her own She whip was stunts. good with the whip. Yeah. Shout out to all the cats in this movie. They did good. Shout out to all the penguins. They did good. Yeah. Probably all dead now. Yep, probably. Not because of the movie, just because it was a long time ago. It was quite some time ago. Well, feel like we've both learned something. Yep. I don't think I can look Danny DeVito in the eye again. <laughs> it's, I mean, to be fair, I'm never really coming face to face with that with Danny DeVito, so that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But yikes. <laughs> Danny DeVito, back at it again on this podcast. Well, we watched Matilda, but we didn't explicitly talk about this. Yeah, we watched Matilda and then gave up. It, if you want more, more uh, Matilda commentary, please check out our Emperor's New Groove episode. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we are going back to animation and back to Disney. We are watching... The Great Mouse Detective. Basil the Great Mouse Detective. I wonder how that will be. <laughs> We've already watched it. We just haven't recorded yet. You'll have to wait to see what we think. Wait in suspense. 
But in the meantime, just listen, heed our advice about that garlic, man. Yeah. Keep those Draculas off your doorstep. <laughs> and uh, another thing that you can do to protect yourself from vampires and Draculas is that you can listen to our <laughs> repertoire. We have tens on tens of episodes at this point. <laughs> We're in the 20s, you guys. The roaring 20s. So, yeah. Search Cursed or Blurst in, into the Google and you'll find us in our episodes. It's a good time to be had by all. Yep. <laughs>